Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. Hello, everyone. This is Graham. I want to thank you for being here with us, for tuning in for this new episode of Kicking and Streaming this week. Unfortunately, this week, we will not have Jocelyn with us. Jocelyn won't be co-hosting with me this week because she has been sick. So we wish her speedy recovery and hopefully next time, our next episode, she will be with us. And a few months ago, I got together with a friend of mine, very good friend uh, named Ben Veles. And we sat down and talked about a little bit about kicking and streaming and some other stuff. So we have decided to name this episode Off Topic with Ben Veles. I hope you enjoy it. And this is a very open conversation that can get a bit off color. But again, you you are used to us. Uh, this is what Jocelyn and I do. So we hope you enjoy this episode. And it's a special one. And once again, all our, our love to Jocelyn and hopefully next week she will be here with us. Here's the episode off topic with Ben Veles. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. All right, so uh, here we are. This is Off Topic with Kicking and Streaming. I'm here with my boy, Ben Veles. You know, every now and then I like to uh, just invite a friend over. And what we do is that we go completely off topic, even though we stay within the parameters of kicking and streaming, talking about some movies and shit. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you know, it's not the typical review of a series of or a movie, but rather a couple of friends just doing some shit. <laughs> Glad we could curse. Yeah, man. So, Ben and I, we haven't seen each other for a while. We haven't seen each other at least for I, I want to say maybe like three years. Yeah, man, like like <laughs> it's been a while, man. Long time. <laughs> uh, long but we've time. been friends for over thirteen years, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about wow. See, yeah. I feel old now. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, our kids, <laughs> our kids are dating, driving, going to college, and doing all other things we're not going to mention right now. And back, yeah, doing other things that we. <laughs> Certainly don't want to talk about, um, and but back in the days when we we started when we met each other, our kids were like six, seven, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. going to soccer games and, and and things of that nature. This so, is like I want to say two thousand and six, six, yeah, <laughs> dang, it's been a while, man. Wow, and and this is fun because. You know, uh, one of the what for me one of the coolest thing is that when you go a long time without seeing a friend for for all this time, there's so much to ca to catch up on that it makes it all the more fun. Oh yeah, and, definitely. In reminiscing of the old times. Oh yeah. Talking about shit that happened in our lives that we probably didn't know about. Mm-hmm. A and, lot of shit too. Uh, yeah, like. A lot of Piles and piles of it. <laughs> but here it is. So so we are off topic on this special episode of Kicking and Streaming. You can find it. I'm just going to throw it in there. The, this is one of those episodes that I don't like to edit a lot because mm. um, it's, it's one of the most genuine things that we do, right? So, Ben, tell me what you've been up to. And between that, wow. in between, tell me... Um, what your streaming adventure has been. So for just just as for, for the sake of background, we no longer watch TV. We we stream shit. Yeah. Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, 
HBO Go, HBO something, CBS Now, yeah. whatever. That's what we do. So I'm that guy whose cable bill is still like $200. There you go. <laughs> but uh, I don't watch shit. I just stream shit. I just have it just because. Oh, Maybe, my God. No, because I'm that guy that, no, you can't, like, if I want to go watch a basketball game or a baseball game, I, I have the fucking channel. I could just click to it. Yeah, right? that is true. So I pay 200 bucks just to watch two sports. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as, like, TVs and streaming, yeah, man, you know, uh, uh I stream. Uh, I'm still I'm still locked down with uh, Spectrum. I'm I'm part of the general population. Yeah, you know, I'm the in jail. Gen pop. <laughs> I'm in jail with Spectrum. It's it's funny because it's like it's like it's month to month, so there's no contract. So the right. door is open. I can walk out any time. Yeah, but I'm institutionalized. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm institutionalized, Damn. so I need to stay with cable. No, but uh. Since you've last, since we've last talked, right? So let's give a little bit of a background. Since you last talked, um, I moved up at work. You know, yeah, uh, I'm a, I've been a manager now for like five years. By man. the way, dude, you've been with the same company for oh, 13 yeah. years. I'm in the same spot that you met me at, brother. Yo, that is dope. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's dope. You know, when you're getting old, when then you start hiring your son to work with you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your middle, your middle guy is going to work. Yeah, with you my middle now. guy's coming to work with me. That uh, is awesome. I was like, "Holy shit, where has time gone by?" <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm in the same spot doing. By the way, things. that's the kid I used to coach. Yes, that's the one that you used to be like, "Get on the bloody pitch, Eric." <laughs> what are you doing? The hell you Pass doing? Pass the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Since that time, though. Uh, I will preface what I'm going to say with that the best show I've ever seen on Netflix is Breaking Bad. Um, that show needs to do something. I haven't rewatched it because I'll spoil myself. Like, I'll, I'll spoil it for myself. So yeah. I haven't yeah. rewatched it. But um, my adventures in streaming, um, I just finished watching Shooter that used to be on USA. Shooter. I yes. I just finished watching that. Yes, that, that's uh, a good ass show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, after the third season, I mean, you couldn't do anything else because it just, I think that last episode captured season four and five all <laughs> together. So they, they killed it. Um, I've been watching a lot of those like cooking shows lately. Hey, cooking shows are dope, yeah. man. Cooking the shows last are- one I just finished, I, I just finished watching, uh, it's a new show. It's only like six episodes. Is the history of the taco. Are you the, serious? Yeah, they had a. How did I know about these? No, and it's crazy because the narrator of the episode is the taco itself. (laughs) Yeah, so it says, but it's but it's all in Spanish. Uh, So if you don't speak Spanish, you gotta get subtitles. But basically, it's like I'm this this and taco. I do this that and the third, and they do every taco: taco de asada, carnitas, taco de canasta. Like, oh yes, and by the way, I do speak Spanish for those that. Al pastor in it. Al pastor. Yeah, uh, by the way, yes, that's the thing. The Dominican connection is here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for all of you who've listened to the show, of course, I'm Haitian-born, grew up in the Dominican Republic, and most of my friends are Dominicans. And, of course, Ben is Dominican-American. Yes, I was ben. born in the Dominican Republic. Uh, moved here when I was six, going on seven. New Jerseyan. Uh, New York, New Jersey. My uh, my uh, green card says port of entry, New York, New York. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, born in uh, DR, or raised in New York. Uh, I got my manhood uh, in DR for five years, and then I... Yeah, because you, you, you're one of the few that went back, right? Yes, I went back. That's so awesome, man. My dad was, I have a great idea. Uh, you're about to be 18. Let's just, let's just go back. Send your ass back then. <laughs> yeah, no idea what he was doing. He was like, it's funny because uh, off topic, but uh, fitting. Off topic. But uh, I got to DR when I was 18. I wasn't in a country no more than 35 minutes. My aunt gave me keys to the house. I was like, just call when you're going to be back. And she pushed me out the house. Fuck out of here. Brother, that was a mistake. Oh, damn. <laughs> that was a mistake. Oh, shit. They, they, have, they had no idea what they were doing with me. Um, <laughs> so that's where I learned uh, how to be a man, actually. Yeah. In yeah. DR. And uh, I'm grateful for that time. And uh, it's funny because when we met, it turns out that where I used to hang out, 
in San Carlos is where you did most of your dirt. That too. is that is absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah. So so Ben is like one of those guys that we met here in the U.S., but we share the same patio, the same oh yeah backyard, isn't it? Yeah. I, I grew up in in um, I, I want to say in in the urban Dominican Republic in urban Santo Domingo. And I was right in the middle of a group of neighborhoods. And one of them was San Carlos and Ben was was raised in San Carlos. So for me <laughs> to find somebody from San Carlos, San Carlos Borromeo. <laughs> yeah, and what's funny is that we would go back every summer and we would spend three, four weeks there. And it was the most amazing thing. Yes. Uh, so when my dad told me, hey, we're going to move back, I was like, fuck it, where do I sign up? <laughs> That's where I live. That's me. Let's go back. Now, knowing that the byproduct of that would be me doing things I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> but I'm glad I went. I'm, I'm glad I went. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic experience. When, so I think if we are being good parents, mm -hmm. we should pack up our kids' shit and send them there. It just at least you know for what? a month. I thought about it a couple times. Like, <laughs> man, fuck up. Let me just put yeah. you, like, get your, like, suitcase and fuck up out of here. But you know what's funny, though, is that uh, I thought about that, but it's like whenever you get to that final moment, you're like, well, do I want to do it? But, you know, if I had the luxury to do that now, in, in hindsight, I would have done it. But I think it's also a very different time. When we grew up there. Yes, very. Um, very different time in that. So I was, I was 13, 14. I'm talking about 1987, 88, right? So Dominican yeah, Republic, it was still an era of innocence. Yes. Even though to any older person in that in that age, it was like, oh, los tigres y la vaina, whatever. But for me, it was like, yeah, ain't nothing happening here. You know what I'm saying? I remember... The, the 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 wildest things I did was you know uh, riding my patineta to El Malecón on a Sunday. You know I haven't heard that word in a long time. Patineta. Yes. <laughs> tell, time. tell the people what a patineta is. It's a scooter, <laughs> but it's so, homemade. Yeah, man, and we would take that, ride it to all the way down La Duarte, right, all the way to the Gabriel Garcia Marquez, all the way to El Malecón. You know what I mean? And, you know, on Sundays, El Parque Eugenio Maria de Hostos yeah. was Lucha Libre, Papa. Yes. Jack Veneno yes. versus Relampago Hernandez, yes. right? That, my friend, was a beautiful thing. Oh, I remember us driving past the park and me telling my dad, yo, can we stop? He's like, no, coño. We kept, <laughs> <laughs> we kept going. But, yeah, man, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. And uh, yeah. I was a basketball fan. So every summer, ironically, was when they played basketball in DR, yes. right? So I'm in there um, watching the games, people getting beat up, gunshots <sighs> going off, and I'm like, I love this shit. <laughs> but yes, it was different times, different times. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think that helped me a lot and helped you a lot. And it's just great to see how we came from that era to where we are now. Yeah, man. It, 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 I think it, it, it gives you... So many different perspectives yeah. of, of of life in general. There are decisions that we've been able to make living here that if we did not have the experience that we had, you know, having been raised in a third world country, we would be fucked. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Really fucked. fucked. I yeah. think that should be the next TV show on Netflix, like, <laughs> uh, like a reality show from DR. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's like fuck all like the 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 movies that they take actors that don't speak Spanish and yeah. make them speak Spanish and no 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 learn you a few need, lines and shit. No no no, you need you need a couple of dudes from the barrio. Drop them in the barrio. Yeah, and, and just film and them. just start filming shit. Yeah, yeah. You'd be surprised what you get. I went to the DR in April, and. You know, the, the the crazy thing is that throughout the entire time that we were married and I lived in the DR, Chris never experienced El Barrio for more than one day. Wow. Right? Because, you know, we uh, I was working in resorts and, and stuff. Mm -hmm. So 
Chris and I practically, whenever she was there, she lived in a resort with me. Nice. And so <laughs> this time we stayed in El Barrio, specifically in Los Mina. And <laughs> you have no idea, man. Christine had a fight every morning with this fucking rooster, dude. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Oh, man. Here comes that rooster again, right? It was completely out of the rooster for two consecutive days. So on the third day, I went and so we were staying at my daughter's and right next door lives my um, ex-father-in-law. Mm. So I go and say, hey, Don, you know, this rooster, you know, anything you can do about this rooster, man, because it's like he keeps waking up the wife and she's just like, oh, speaking of which, I'm glad you told me because... I was planning on eating it. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be binding him. I bet you you didn't hear the rooster again. So listen to this. (laughs) So I go back home. I go back and tell Chris, yeah, I spoke with the old man. And he said, he's glad that I told him because like he'd been thinking about eating the rooster. So (laughs) probably won't bother you again. Then she felt bad. She was like, oh my God, no, that's not what I said. That's normal. That's normal. That's normal. Yeah, you should really, be happy. You raise a rooster. You raise a chicken. That shit's going to be eaten, man. Oh, There's no pet. It's not going to be a pet. pet. Not a pet. That's, that's food right there. El Sancocho, <laughs> right? Right, right. <laughs> Un guisado de pollo. Un guisado de pollo, man. So um, how is it that... What is Breaking Bad is about... Breaking Bad... Uh, Ten years old, now. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know... There was a rumor that they were working on a season six, but then it was going to be done, but it was never done. I want season six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I want many more seasons because I just, I love that show. I think I think I a lot show. of these actors they get tired of of, of working on the same show. Um, Brian Cranston, I don't know that he's done anything as big as 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 well he's he's done a couple of movies in fact yeah he did a movie for HBO where he played um what's his name the dude that signed the the uh, yeah I know who you're talking about the civil rights it just it's it's my mind but yeah he's he's uh done that and he was just was he either in in that movie with um Kevin Hart recently uh, yes, where he, where he played like the, like uh, a quadriplegic, yeah, yeah. Quadriplegic. and he was in that movie Dumbo. Uh, yeah. I think he was actually even nominated for it. Um, but I think the biggest problem with this kind of series is that that's all you become known for. And I, I've always talked about, especially in the show and kicking and streaming, we've talked about how I somehow applaud British actors. Because even when they, when they are in a very successful show, they don't want to only be known for those shows. So they do one or two seasons and they get the fuck out. Well, the guy from uh, Breaking Bad apparently left. Uh, what's his name, Rick? I don't know if if you not uh, Rick, uh, Walking Dead. I don't know if you know who that guy is or if you've seen Walking Dead. But the main character, I think, left two seasons before it was the last season. Because that's all they get known for yeah. is what you're doing. Yeah, right. I, it's hard to to, especially when that show becomes like a cult classic. Yes, because you think like Walking Dead's a cult classic, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Breaking Bad's a cult classic. Yes. You know, stuff like that. It's hard because you get pigeonholed. Yeah, and that's and, and, all they know you for. And that's exactly. I remember um, when The Sopranos ended. Mm-hmm. You know, if James Gandolfini had not died, right? He would be Tony Soprano for the rest of his life. Uh, you know. He did. And 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 yes, and he made that movie with uh Brad Pitt and uh I forget her name where he played like a hitman or something. But you are confined to smaller roles because yes. no one else would believe you in a bigger role. At at least that's my opinion. Yeah. Tony Soprano, once Tony Soprano, always Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano. And I think very few people from that show actually were successful. I know his wife, Carmela, went on to play Nurse Jackie. Nurse Jackie. And she did very well in that show. Yes. Um, but it was something totally different from where she was. Oh, yeah. 
So she went totally off the wall. Yes, yes. And, and I think that's one of the remedies to that type, be, being typecast, is that whenever you leave the show, you, you have to go ahead and do something that is completely the opposite of whatever you did. Um, I, I always talk about Julia Louis-Dreyfus, mm -hmm. uh, Elaine from, from, from Seinfeld, mm -hmm. who I think she is the most successful alum yeah. of the Seinfeld she's, show. She's doing the uh, Veep. She, she did Veep. Yeah. And then she did The New Adventures of Old Christine, which for me is one of the funniest shows that ever mm -hmm. existed. Um, the, the idea that some dude would have an ex-wife named Christine and then his <laughs> <laughs> new girlfriend is named Christine is like one of the funniest things. Not because my wife's name is Christine, but you yeah. kind of get the idea. Mm -hmm. But I, I think the notion that she went ahead and created different personas and you're actually, shut the fuck up. You're actually able. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, pause is, caused, is, is uh, brought to you by the fucking dog. The fucking dogs. <laughs> if you want your podcast to be interrupted, get to fucking dogs. <laughs> As I was saying, so the fact that she went on and created two different characters uh, for two different shows and has been successful with both of them is an absolutely fantastic thing. Yeah, I think a lot of those folks from Seinfeld got paid, first and foremost. They got paid, so there wasn't really a need, in my, in my estimation... If you look at financial gain, they got paid that last season, so they had no real reason <laughs> to even do anything yeah. of, of substance. But yeah. not all of them were Seinfeld. Exactly. Seinfeld did stuff like uh, the B movie where he was very successful. Yes. He still does stand up. He's he still, you know, does his things. He's on he was uh cast that show riding around with cars with comedians. Oh, on, that, on, that that show is actually dope as Netflix, fun, yeah. Yes. So we're gonna get back to that in a little bit. Yeah. But uh, to your point, like other folks have to reinvent themselves because they don't have that uh, stock in the bank to carry them over. You're absolutely right. I right? mean, Jason Alexander, um, who was uh, George Costanza, I mean, he was perhaps one of the most uh, beloved characters in, in the show, right? Yeah. And you would have thought that he probably would have been a successful alum of the show. As Where's a matter of fact, now? he... Attempted to have uh, after Seinfeld, he had a sitcom, I think on NBC called uh, "Listen Up," I think. Look, I don't even remember. So I don't and know. about four episodes in, it got canceled. You know, it's it's not an easy it's not an easy thing to do to come out from a household name show. And then to go on to being successful on yeah. anything else. It's not. It's not. Because, no. again, you get typecast and it's like, that's all they know of you. And it goes to show, like, how much did you really bring to the show, you know? Yeah. Because if you can't successfully spin off, and I'm not saying that he didn't have a great part or wasn't a uh, great reason for why Sanfa was so great, but it goes to the writing, to who's leading the uh, the cast. And can you carry something on your own? Do, do you actually think that typecasting is something that happens more in Hollywood than anywhere else? Because, like I said, I know that typecasting exists as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. But I do know also that most British actors, if they're in a show for two or three, four, four five seasons, even, even if the show is an institution, for instance... Doctor Who mm -hmm. is an institution. Doctor yeah. Who has been running since 1960-something. Yeah. And there has been, by now, at least 14 or 15 Doctor Whos. But, <laughs> but I think the most successful and beloved Doctor Who was David Tennant, the number 10th Doctor Who. But he only did it for about four seasons, I believe. And he's like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. So... David Tennant has gone to play a whole a lot more characters than Doctor Who. He was on Jessica Jones. He was on The Good Omens. And he's been in a whole lot of other shows. And 
even though he was for a while Doctor Who, I don't know that he's been typecast. Whereas it seems to me that if you play a prominent character in a show in the United States, you are more likely to get typecast. Do you think that is actually an issue? Uh, well, it depends what you look at. Like, for example, uh, what's what's the guy's name that plays uh, Sherlock Holmes in the... Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Right. Didn't he also play Doctor Who? I think it... No, not, not Doctor Who. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, yes. Play Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. So uh, you need to branch yourself out while doing, while doing those shows, I think, to avoid being typecast. For example, one of my favorite shows is Luther. Yes. Luther, to me, is the shit. Luther! Luther is, yes. to me, coming in new to watching BBC shows, Luther blew my mind. Dude, dude. But you. there's a reason why they only do four episodes for each season, right? Yes, that is true. Because it's four jam-packed episodes. But in between, Idris Elba does a whole bunch of other things. Oh, yeah. So oh. you see him as something else. And that is exactly what, that's, that's exactly my point in yeah. that. British shows tend to have four to six episodes per mm-hmm. season, and mm-hmm. then the actor is free to do whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the US, you have, if it is a network show, you have 22 seasons divided Shit. in two seasons, which is fall and, and winter. Yeah. Right? Is it fall and winter? Something like you that. Fall and winter, which when it puts on, on, on uh, DVD, it's a whole season. Yeah. Whereas on network is two seasons. It's fall and winter, 11 and 11 or 10 and 11, 10 and 12, whatever. 22, se- 22 episodes. Yeah. So that's a long time Very. to be seeing that person doing the same thing, playing the same character. Yeah. Um, and, and I think there was a time where I heard a podcast because David Tennant, the former Doctor Who, David Tennant has a podcast on Spotify and it is called David Tennant does a podcast with, and he actually interviewed Tina Fey. Really? And during that interview, Tina Fey said that when Tony Blair was the prime minister of Britain, Tony Blair actually invited Tina Fey to come to the UK and talk about TV produ- talk to pr- TV producers about elongating the series. Wow! For more than six episodes, you know, which sounds kind of silly that a prime minister would want to be involved in that kind of shit. I mean, they want to have their hands and everything. <laughs> I mean, like, come That's on, why dude! Prime minister, <laughs> you're the prime minister. But I actually like that. I actually like the fact that you know. You see a show, but there's a lot of little gems like that in 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 Netflix. Yeah, they are, they are, and you do have to find them. Um, but I again, uh, they are because there's so much shit on Netflix, man. It's yeah. like so much, and then it's like you're like, what the fuck? So anyway, my co-host on. Jocelyn says that on Netflix is like you get a show, you get a show, shit. you get a show. Everybody gets man. a show. Look. There's some stuff that shouldn't even be on Netflix. Um, I know. But it's just, everything is on there. But I was going back to the whole um, Luther and Idris Elba. I don't know if you remember a show called The Wire. Yes. The Wire was an amazing show, which Idris Elba was on. Yeah. At Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell was the brains of the operation, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, and you notice that that show lasted like five seasons. Yes. But in between that show, Idris Elba was doing other shit. Yeah. Which goes back to the point, right? And if you don't want to be typecast, you need to do other things, at least in my estimation, because I'm only going to know you for what I see every day, to your point. 22 yeah. episodes, two seasons, that's all I know. Going back to Shooter, right? I told you that I, I had just finished watching Shooter. I haven't seen Ryan Philippine anything since I think Antitrust, which was like in 2001, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And now all I see him is the guy from Shooter, 
give me something. And Shooter, I think, was canceled like a couple of seasons ago. Yes. Do something else, right? Because yeah. you're only going to be known for the Shooter guy, right? Yeah. Until he did, I don't know what else he's done since Antitrust. Well, actually, uh, he did a couple of seasons ago. He did the show, um, but he only did one season, and it, it was uh, one of those American crime shows. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, he was a he was like a house painter, and he, he got accused of a crime, and she and there was some detective. Oh, that it's, was it's like the uh, oh, what's that what's that shit called? I, I think there's one that has a couple of seasons, either American Crime, American Justice, some shit American like Crimes kind of shit. It, it was yeah, one well, of there's like each season's like a separate story, a separate story, right? Yeah. So he only did one season, but you're absolutely right, Ryan Philippi. Although he's a fantastic actor, from Philly. You know, you you can you, you can pinpoint a couple of things that he's done yeah and you're always going to identify him as such yeah but all right, let's talk about streaming a bit and you are although you are you still have cable but you you mainly stream yeah i'm institutionalized like like i said <laughs> you you have to get rid of that man man it's funny not to cut you off, but it's funny. I called them to see like a low my damn cable bill. Yeah. Right? And they was like, Well, if you lose the Spanish channels, you'll save eight dollars on my shit. I watch soccer. <laughs> <laughs> if you lose these channels, then you will lose then you save twelve dollars. Shit. I like the NFL network. Yeah. If you type a DVR service, you save fifteen dollars. Shit, I like to record. Long story short. I ended up adding more channels and my bill went up eight dollars. So, <laughs> I was like, "Fuck it! If, if I'm paying all this money, man, I will get banged for my buck." I, I think I, I think you, you you have to find yourself as you're doing a couple of unpopular decisions. Yeah, which I did. All right, for instance, I used to have a satellite in my car. Been there, done that. And then I, I thought I thought it, I drive about twenty minutes to work. Mm-hmm. Which is the only time I actually listen to the radio in my car. And 20 minutes to go, 20 minutes to come back, perhaps 25 minutes to to return. So let's say 45 minutes a day. So I thought to myself, I only listen mainly to the same radio station. So I'm not really taking a whole lot of advantage of these. So I decided I'm going to get rid of satellite. And for the first, before I did it, I was like nervous and sweating and shit. Like, what am I going to do when I get in this car, right? I know the feeling. It's just amazing. But the thing is, I started listening to NPR, my local NPR radio. And I'm like, shit, NPR is good as fuck. NPR has, <laughs> NPR has some live shows. They have some podcasts and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to do this. So I got read. I got rid of uh, a satellite. I started listening mainly to my local NPR station. And whatever else, the, I, you know, when I'm in the car and there's a show on NPR that I'm eh, not really into, I go to whatever player I use yeah. and listen to a podcast by NPR. So there you go. That's about... $125 a year that I yeah. don't have to worry about. Yeah. And so with with cable, I kind of did the same thing. And what I did was I got Sling TV. Um, Sling TV is about, it's what they call TV a la carte. Yeah. So I got about 20 channels for $19.99. Yeah, I think that's it. And then I think every add-on is like, Every add-on package is like five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And so I chose very carefully some of the channels that I watched the most. In fact, it was very hard for me to find 20 channels that I actually watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the wife got, you know, the construction channel. What, what, the, what is it called? It's not called construction channel. <laughs> Called, dude. It's a DIY. DIY. Do it yourself. My, or or my favorite HGTV. HGTV Home and Garden. Construction channel. Come on, brother. The construction channel. 
The channel where they hammer shit. Yeah. So I got that. I got the flying around channel. You know, the travel. Flying around channel? Yeah. I'm going to have to uh, school you on these names of these channels. The travel channel. The travel channel. So what is um, the old things that happened back in the past channel? Brother, history channel? The history channel. Right, right, right. <laughs> so let me see what is up. That's, that's four channels I think you, you've mentioned so far. Yeah, so, and then the people that cook stuff. The Food Network. The Food Network, you know. So, some of those wow. I, I included there. And believe it or not, I have not added any package. Because here's the thing. I thought about there are some shows that I watch on the network that two hours after they've been Live on the network. They're already available for sure. They're available yeah. on Hulu. See, and that's the thing. It's like there's so many like streaming services to choose from. The last thing I would have thought was that YouTube would have a streaming service. Mm-hmm. And I think it's getting to the point, Graham, where these prices are going to start going up. Because have you gone to see what DirecTV now is charging people? No. It's like a hundred and something dollars. Well, at least for the package that I want, it's a hundred and something dollars. But it's it starts like you know. First of all, Directv is crazy because it's contract, so they give you twelve months easy, and then boom, no Vaseline, right? Vaseline, <laughs> 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 right? Yeah. Uh, but it's ridiculous, right? It's like these prices. I might as well stay with what I'm, what I have right now. Yeah. But back to your point, though, there are some shows that as soon as they go live, two hours later. They're available to stream. Some in some instances, some networks have the shows already up there before they even go live. Right. 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 Like I don't know if it's HBO with their HBO now or, or which channel it is. You can actually watch an episode before it airs. Yes. Right? Yes. In fact, I do that with stars. Okay. When I uh, I watch. Uh, don't tell me you watch Power. Power. And and if you have it, and if you do, I'm like two seasons behind. So don't say anything. Oh, dude, you need, you need to catch up. You know, because yeah. this is your last opportunity. But yeah, I do watch Power, and sometimes I watch the next episode of Power at eight a.m. Yeah, you know what I mean, which is which is usually on the regular channel at eight p.m. on that Sunday, and at eight a.m. on Monday morning, I'm like, yeah, this is Power. This is what's going to happen. And the same thing went went on for with uh, the at least the last two seasons of HBO. Um, yeah, uh, of. Uh, Game of Thrones. When Game of Thrones was on, boom, they would just drop it in there, you know. Yeah, I, so, I can't get with Game of Thrones. I'm sorry. I am not dude? a Game of Thrones fan. Dude. Game of Thrones reminds me of Twilight, where <laughs> everybody was on Twilight 24-7. I, Game of Thrones, I just, I just can't stomach it. I know people talk about it and whatnot, but I heard that the last episode was trash, I, but... <laughs> It's the like they season. just ended everything like there, but I can't get with Game of Thrones. All a hundred and some episodes are available on demand right now with with a uh, Spectrum HBO, and I can't just get myself to press play. I just can't. Well, it's a, it's a matter of taste, really, dude. Like I wasn't on the Game of Thrones, um, Game of Thrones train until the first three seasons. So really? I actually had to binge watch the first three seasons. I'm like, oh, this show is good. Then bam, <laughs> I got onto it and stuff. But like, I can, I understand what you're saying because there's a lot of shows that I've never watched just because of the fact that it's it's on everybody's yeah. mouth, you know. Um, and I've done one of those things where two, three, four, five years after a show has been a thing, then I go and watch it to see what it is that people found so much. That is common. You know what I did? Who, what show I did that with? Criminal Minds. Yes. Criminal Minds, I heard about it. I knew it was there. Wasn't really gravitating to it. Then I turned on Netflix and it says, oh, 12 seasons. Well, here's why. Sidebar. I do not binge watch a show on Netflix if it's less than three seasons. Oh, really? I don't. And here's why. Because if I'm into a show, I'm into a show for the long run. Yeah. 
Shooter was the only one that was an exception to the rule because I just liked the way the plot was set up. And I'm a big Omar Epps fan. Shout out to Juice back in the day. So you know what? Shooter, shooters, I actually discovered last year while in on vacation in Costa Rica. Really? Because here's the crazy thing. There are some shows that you can only discover on Netflix while you're traveling abroad. My son just told me about that. He spent a month in Mexico and he's like, Pa, Netflix over there is different. I know, dude. <laughs> like, I know. I'm watching The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> I'm watching all these shows that we don't have here. I want to go back. Dude, so the same thing. So that happens to me with, happened to me with uh, Shooter. And then before that, I remember in 2014, I want to say 2014 or 15, I was in the DR. Only for like two nights. And I hung, I hung out with my daughter and blah, blah, blah. And then I went back to the hotel. And I'm like, let me watch something on Netflix. And I see this show that I had heard about, mm -hmm. but could never find it on Netflix here. And all of a sudden, while I am there, it's on Netflix. It's called um, Orphan Black. Oh, that's BBC. Oh, BBC. BBC Orphan Black, yes. Orphan Black. So I started watching the first episode of Orphan Black. I saved it to my list, mm -hmm. right? Dude, as soon as I got on the plane and got to Miami, fucking Orphan Black disappeared from my list. No. Yes. <laughs> it was only available while I was in the Dominican Republic. Well, just to let you know, Orphan That's Black is available out. in the spectrum right now. Orphan Black? Yes, sir. Oh, man, I've, 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 I've seen the whole thing. Is that supernatural? Dude. Or, or that show, it, it's, I, I, it's I science fiction. It. It's science fiction. It's okay. science fiction and it's about cloning, but mm. very, very, very well done. So imagine that you're cloned, but you don't know. Mm. You never mm. could have never ever imagined that you were cloned, right? And then all of a sudden, one day you're walking around, you see somebody who looks exactly like you. Like, like, I'm talking about exactly like you. That would be scary. But that person is about to kill themselves. Right? That's what Orphan Black is about? Yes. That's the, the mm. beginning of Orphan Black is someone finding out the doppelganger is actually going to jump on the train track. And kill herself. And she's supposed did. to save him or something? No. She supposed assumes the identity of that person who just jumped on the ship. What? And then she realizes that there's more and more and more Shit. and more and more. So she wasn't just, it wasn't one doppelganger, but rather a number of doppelganger. That's kind of fucking scary. Dude, Often Black is one of the greatest shows I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know how is it that a lot of people know, uh, are not into it. I So I'm a big Twitter reader for, you know, sports updates and whatnot. And every once in a while, I'll see something about BBC, Orphan Black, coming back to season two down the third. I don't know it was that big of a show. Yeah. Yeah. The girl that plays all of these characters, by the way, she is a Canadian actress called Tatiana Maslani. And I think she is one of the greatest actors. If she wasn't, she was living in America, and Often Black was an American network show. Often Black would have been a, like one of the greatest phenomena wow. of of this time. Wow! Speaking of which, last week we talked about this show called Pose okay. on on FX. Okay. And I think you should watch this, man. So I will say I did see something on Instagram about you talking about Pose. Yeah. I haven't heard the podcast yet. So what's Pose about? So Pose is a look at, at the life of LGBTQ people during okay. the 80s. Wow, that's deep. Yeah. And it was rough. That time where they were dying of AIDS, mm -hmm. 
and how the whole communities came together to not only care for each other, but also to sort of like self-preserve. Okay. And they created these communities called the balls, which were like some kind of spectacle they put together every night. Okay. And also they created the house, which is like one of the elder uh, folks would create, like rent a home and take home, you know, gay kids that were thrown out of the family so like homes. like a safe stuff, haven for them. Like a safe haven. Okay, And create like a house of, of, of people, like a mother to children and, and care yeah, for man. them and give them give them shelter. Yeah, because the 80s were rough. The 80s for, were for that rough. community. It was very rough. It, it was, was like you couldn't even look at them. It like, was a time where the government actually, you know, like turned its back on, yeah. on, on people that, you know. It was like a crime to be in that community back in the day. Yeah. And taking a look at it, like, in the 80s, we're still young, right? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you hear the stories when you were young. Oh, those individuals, da-da-da-da, don't talk to them down a third. Yeah. But in hindsight, looking back, they were really, really mistreated. Like, oh, yeah. really mistreated. Yeah. It's that's Much ridiculous. more than now. <laughs> yeah, much. I mean, now it's like, now they have... All these additional bills that are being passed, these rights, whatever, I'm all for it. Uh I'm the I'm of the thought process, A, live who you are truthfully to the day you die, right? Be who you are, yes. Right? But in hindsight, in the eighties growing up, it was it was bad. It yeah. was bad. And you I were like educated to, to sort of like hate on them. Yeah. Like, these yeah. people are corrupt. And one of the one of the techniques that I think conservative parents in society used to make you afraid of gay people was to sort of like implant in your mind that these people somehow are going to convert you into something yeah. that you don't want to be, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know? And that was like that was like what you would should be afraid of, like, yeah, man. I'm not that, but, you know, just hanging out with them, they'll make you be, you know what I'm you saying? You know, I'm going to tell you a personal story that I laugh at now. Uh, this is 1997, right? My grandmother passed away. Now, I know that one of my uncles has four sons. One of them is gay, mm -hmm. right? And he shows up at the funeral. And <laughs> the first thing that you see when he shows up is... The people part like a red sea. <laughs> and I'm thinking here like What the hell? Guys, like, what's wrong with you? It's so ridiculous, right? It's so ridiculous, but it's it's just an example of how society, even your own family members, you know, treat you differently. But uh I would love to see uh Pose and there's some other shows that uh tackle LGBT uh Q yeah. community. Yeah. Um Wow, I keep forgetting the name of the show, but but there's one uh, that's on our premium channel, The L Word. I, I yes. think it's about that. I haven't really dabbled into it, yeah. but I know it's there bringing awareness, right? Yes. And it's yeah. funny, if you look at these shows that you stream, uh, there's a lot more freedom and liberty of expression where you're seeing, for example, I'll give you an example, Designated Survivor. Love the show. Stumbled upon it because one of my coworkers says, yo, watch this show. It's Show's amazing. Dope. I'm watching it. It's only two seasons. It's canceled, but Netflix is, we're going to bring it back season three. Is it? Is that so? Sure uh, Kiefer Sutherland yes. is actually fantastic yes. in the show. Yes, fantastic in yes. this show. Yes. Kiefer Sutherland is amazing. Yes. Netflix brought back season three. Oh, Lord. Ten episodes. I, mm -hmm. I know season one and two were like 20 episodes. Here's uh, Netflix did a trial. And Netflix got risky with it. Very yeah. risky. That's here's, what Netflix does. Yeah. Here's why. So, not going to spoil it for you, but one of the characters in the show happens to be gay. And there's another character in the show who then he finds out is gay. I'm watching the show Right with my son, and it cuts to a sex scene where someone is having sex with somebody else, and it's like noisy as shit. When the camera pans up, it's the two dudes. Yeah, 
and to to that point, my first reaction was, "Oh no, what the fuck is this?" But but then I was like, "Damn, props to Netflix." Props to Netflix for real life. breaking the mold. This is real life. This is this is my show. I'm gonna show you reality how it is. I'm pretty sure nine, not ninety, eighty percent of people who saw that were like, "Oh my god, that's horrific." Uh, yeah. Get I'm part of the, the other twenty that that's that's <laughs> like that's real talk right there. That's like real life. Like yeah. that happens, and it's like Netflix saying within. Our streaming service, we're going to make shows that are inclusive. Deal with this shit. And that's what we need. Yes. Inclusive shows that are going to encompass everything and everyone. Because life is not life is not a story, man. Life is life. Life is life. And, and you know, I, I always... Uh, it, was a, it was always taboo to see certain things. And I think ABC... Even though ABC belongs to Disney, yeah, I think ABC has been completely open about this. Oh yeah, and the fact that one of the most engaging, if you will, uh, gay sex scenes that I've I've seen was through um, ABC's How to Get Away with Murder. Yeah, do you know what I mean? First of all, great show. <laughs> Hell of a show. Great show. Hell of a show. But again, Viola Davis is, is oh, like... She's, amazing. She's, amazing. She's just a goddess. Like, she's amazing. Whatever, dude. <laughs> that woman is insane. She is yeah. amazing. But yeah, I, I mean... It's, it's easy when you pay for HBO and HBO show you certain things. But when the... You know... Network channels show you certain thing and tells you basically, look, you may have some objections to this, but this is real life. We can turn it off if you want. You can never watch this channel again. Yeah. But we're not gonna step stop from showing you some shit that happened in real life. Real life. Then you become aware of it and you're like, well, I guess that's something that happened in real life. What I liked about how they portrayed that in that show is that they portrayed a relationship. Not just like, oh yeah, I'm here to have fun. It's down a third, because that relationship between those two individuals had ups, had downs. It showed support. It showed love. It showed. It wasn't just like, yeah, we're two homosexual individuals who just like to do what they do. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. yeah, it was like a relationship, and you saw the emotion, the passion for each other, and that's what I like about that show. From that regard, is that it didn't make it cheesy. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it made it digestible. Exactly. And, and and this is one of those things that I've learned from, from a long time ago is that, you know, uh, a friend of mine who's gay told me, look, man, it's called, it's okay to have gay friends because not every gay person is trying to have sex with you. Yeah. Like, you have to get rid of the idea that every gay person... Is like a sex maniac, and all they want with you is to have sex. Like, but that's what they teach you. Exactly. That's exactly. what they teach you. That's what your uh, parents teach you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yo, yo, stay away from these folks and shit, because they're going to convert you. Mm-hmm. They have an agenda mm-hmm. and shit. And I'm like, that's not true. I I started going to acting school at fourteen in the DR. And, you know, in the DR, it is taboo. Mm-hmm. It was back in 1987, 88, 89, it was taboo. Mm-hmm. And probably still is. But once you get to the School of the Beautiful Arts in the DR, your, mind's kind of, your mind kind of, kind of opens to other things. Because yeah. you're like, all these dancers and shit, you know, all these actors and painters and people who who enjoy what they're doing, Yeah, they are trying, they have discovered their own truth. And they're trying to live that truth regardless of what great-grandma or grandma had to say. So off topic with that, mm-hmm. right? Do you feel that a lot of the... Uh, there's a reason behind, I feel, behind why 
a lot of the artists, dancers, painters are of the homosexual uh, uh, community. Do you feel it's because of the freedom of expression that those avenues allow them to have and how it applies to them? I, I think the more you are involved in arts, the more you understand the value of expressing who you are. Yes. Because your art will largely depend on how much you value that, how much you value uh, the ability to say what you feel, say what you need to say. And so for me, I know that it is possible to be an artist and hide who you are. It is certainly possible because a lot of people have done that from the, from the beginning of time. In fact, last week on our last episode, Jocelyn and I talked about how um, a lot of art actors in the 40s, in the 50s, 40s, and, and 60s had to, because they were especially, um, you know, action actors mm -hmm. and, you know, cowboys and shit, they had to hide who they were and live to this persona. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is one thing, Bob Marley said, one good thing about music, when it hits you, you feel no pain. Correct. And that's, that could apply to any other art. Once you have decided to live your truth, you can either be that or conform to what society wants you to be. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, now, I know that not everybody is comfortable with the reality that we live in a world that where gender is not so staunchly predicated on 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 on, on men, women. There's you know? gray. There's there's gray. But there's gray. It's not but black the more anymore. we understand the gray area. Mm -hmm. Even if we don't attribute our happiness to it, I think the happier we are. Because here's the thing. I now understand a lot more. My friends, uh, people that are not necessarily friends with me, but I've always wanted to understand. Mm. And, and that gray area gives me the ability to understand that labels are actually what's wrong, right? Like, yeah. This guy's a man, this guy's a man's man. Like, the man's man is a woman's yeah. woman. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, it, it, it is bullshit because <laughs> there's a lot of people that... So the way that I gauge somebody is based on their uh, ability to be honest with me and with themselves. Honesty, truthful, uh, integrity, right? There's a lot of people that, that, that I know... Uh, that shame those that are different in their terms from them, but in reality, they're just better people than them, right? Yeah. And, I, and I know it sounds like I'm rambling, but I give you an example, right? I have friends at work who are gay, and they're 100% upfront with it. Some of the best people that I've ever met, right? And there's other people who shame them who aren't worth two cents. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like those that become comfortable with their truth are so honest, are so, because there's no fear. They yeah, are who exactly. they are and they understand it. Yeah. So that's why I feel like when you have these guys are involved in the arts that are belong to the LGBT communities, because I think they're comfortable and what they do, their craft allows them to express themselves without any shame. And that's why they're so good at it. And, 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 and you are absolutely right. I think also... There's something that the arts do for you that you can either pretend to be something mm -hmm. and feel like you're working all the time, or you can live your truth and be yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I feel like I'm. A, I've always worked. On being a better parent than my than than my parents ever were. We all do. And I, I I'm not saying that my parents were terrible. 
But careful what you say now. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not saying my parents were were terrible, but they did the best they could based on the education they had and based on the time they were living. Yeah. And I proposed to myself. Yeah, niggas, I'm gonna be better parent than you guys were because <laughs> you guys kind of sucked. <laughs> you know, and although I've not been faced with these at least now, with this situation. But I feel like I'm prepared to deal with this if my child would, should ever come to me and say, this is where I feel like I am. Mm -hmm. This is the, the spectrum in which I'm navigating. And... Part of your education has a lot to do with not only the school you went to or yeah. the people you hung out with, mm -hmm. but rather how much you have been able to absorb from what you see on TV, yeah. what you read in the books, what you read on the newspapers, and what you've been able to, to absorb You know, it's what society tells you it's right, right? Uh, growing up, it's like, well, if society says it's black, it has to be black, right? <laughs> if society says it's blue, it has to be blue. And then we're all, we're, we're, we're raised and it's ingrained in us that if it's not that way, it's wrong, right? And to your point, if, if your son or your, or your daughter came and told you something to that regard 10 years ago, Like hell, the fuck, no! What the fuck is wrong with you? Let's put you, <laughs> let's take you to church, you know. Yeah. Put you in rehab, like rehab. <laughs> ain't no rehab for that shit. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> But nowadays, I think as parents, we're more accepting, and we need to get over the ego piece. Well, no, not my child. You right. Know what I'm saying. Uh, but once you get over that ego piece and understand that all that matters is that the person is healthy, the person's in the right path, they're doing the right things for themselves. All that other stuff is is, is bullshit. It's, For the birds, uh, I think we're all more understanding nowadays. Um, if my child were to come in and tell me that, I would be like, "Okay, cool, congratulations. I'm, I'm I'm glad that you know who you are. Now, let's work to make sure that society is nothing's come and fuck you because you know there's still people out there they're gonna talk shit about you. So let's let's work on ways where to where that does." Just rolls off your back and it exactly. doesn't fuck with you anymore, right? Exactly. Let they let that roll off your back. You you said let the it roll one off your thing. Back. Yes. Going back to streaming, the uh, show uh, Queer Eye, uh, I think it's called. Yes. I think it was a popular show. On, I forgot what network it was. Now it was on back Netflix. In the 90s, yeah, yes. it's on Netflix. Them dudes are living their best life, man. Yeah. Here I am, and I'm making you motherfuckers that used to talk shit about me look good, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what I do, and I'm getting paid for it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. no shame, no whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? Just living their best life, living the truth, and that's all it's about, man. And there's nothing more fulfilling than watching stuff like that, streaming it for a low cost yeah. <laughs> compared hey. to cable. I'll tell you. Look, I, I didn't know what this off-topic was going to be about. Of course, it is off-topic. We talked about a lot of shit. <laughs> But hey, man, it's good to catch up. I'll always. tell you that right now. Always, Because, always. Because, you know, um, we grow, but if we don't talk to each other often, it's impossible to know how much we've grown. And it, it's been an absolute delight to have you here in my studio. Appreciate you. Doing our thing, oh, off-topic. Yeah. Yeah, and you know it, it is you know kicking and streaming is about this. One day you, you might download the episode, and all we talk about is it's almost as if it was a Seinfeld episode, <laughs> like a show about nothing. This is what we do. This is what we are. I've been having this conversation with my friend, with my friend Ben. Uh, ben has been a friend for over 13 years. Yeah, man. And one of those friends that we don't see each other too often. But when we see each other, we It's do like something special. Nothing ever changed. <laughs> And that's today we've done something special, that's haven't what's we? great about it. <laughs> We may not talk for a while, but once you get together, it's like we picked up where we left off. It's always that, amazing. That is the kind of friend you need in your life. If you, if you have somebody who gives you the 
oh, how come you don't talk to me when you see me online and blah, blah, blah. Run away. Yeah. Seriously. Run away. You don't need that kind of corrosion if you, in your life. If somebody who has not seen you for a long time is more preoccupied with how long they haven't seen you as opposed to catching up with you and telling you, hey, man, I've missed you, but I know that you've been busy, as busy as, as I have. But I've, I've enjoyed these few moments with you. And let's do it again next time we see each other. If that person is not able to do that, then you need to erase that relationship and start anew. Mm-hmm. This has been an episode of Kicking and Streaming that you will remember forever because it is about nothing. It is about catching up. It is about two friends talking shite. Off topic. Thank you for listening today. Ben, it's been a pleasure to have you in my studio, man. Always, brother. You're my man. <laughs> Take care now, everybody. <laughs> Ciao.